Scaling Up Nation, when was the last time you thought about your insurance coverage? For me, it is not very often, but I know for a fact that you sleep soundly at night knowing that you have it. That means it's important and that means you need to understand what it is that you have. It means you need to understand where your liability is and you need someone that you can trust to have that conversation with. Several years ago, I met Mike Hyam at an AWT convention of McGowan Insurance Group. And at the time, I had our insurance through a local broker who is an extremely nice guy and we had had our auto policies with him for years. And when I started my company, I naturally called him and he got us coverage. The thing is, he did not understand the water treatment industry. So he was giving us the best coverage he knew to get us without understanding the industry. I had a conversation with Mike at that convention and he asked some very good questions, questions that I didn't have the answers to. And I'm sure glad he asked those questions because folks, I did not know to ask them, but as soon as he asked them, I knew that I did not have all the coverages that I need. Think of all the coverages out there property, general liability, professional liability, workers' compensation, employee practices liability. Folks, there's even insurance for cyber liability. And I have to tell you, I did not know to ask about that one, but Mike did because this is what he does. He serves the water treatment industry and he knows that there is a potential liability because of the remote access that we do with our controllers. Not only did he get me the right coverage with the right company, he was able to give me advice on making sure that we had proper policies in effect to make sure that we were protecting ourselves and our customers. A lot of insurers can only write through one insurance carrier. McGowan Insurance Group represents dozens of carriers like Donegal Insurance. And when we go to renew, I can't tell you how awesome it is that they are able to look at multiple suppliers to make sure that we're getting the best coverage, but we're also getting the best value. I know without a doubt because McGowan Insurance Group understands the water treatment industry that we are getting that each and every time we renew with them. They do liability, benefits, bonds. They are a full service agency. Give the fine folks at McGowan Insurance Group a call today and tell them that Trace sent you or visit them on the web at mcgowaninsgrp.com. Welcome to Scaling Up H2O, the podcast where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hi, everybody. Trace Blackmore here, your host for Scaling Up H2O. And folks, it is May 22nd. And you might not know this, but it's National Maritime Day. Yes, it's actually National Maritime Day, and that is celebrated in the United States to recognize the maritime industry. 
Think of all the things that we have because we have a maritime industry. That holiday was created by the United States Congress on May 20th, 1933. So now you know. And of course, you also know that we have our own holiday, a water treater's holiday. It's not just one day. It's an entire week. It's always the first week of October. So this year, it's going to be October 5th through 9th, and that is where we celebrate each and every day, October 5th through 9th, something about water treatment. So we always do something special on Scaling Up H2O to celebrate that. Not sure what that's going to be yet, but you better believe we are going to make it special because that is our holiday and we are going to celebrate it together. Also, the Association of Water Technologies is having their annual convention and expo right before Industrial Water Week, and that's going to be September 30th through October 3rd in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, I'll keep you up to date for anything that comes up regarding how the AWT is going to handle the convention when it comes to deal with COVID-19. This is all new territory. We're all figuring it out together. But when there is information about the convention, I will be sure to share it with you. Speaking of COVID-19, I think we can all take some positive lessons from what we've been experiencing in dealing with the pandemic. I think we all realize that we can accomplish a lot more things from home than we originally thought. Of course, we can work remotely. A lot of us have been doing that already. But now that it's been a necessity, we've learned that we can do so many more things at home. I know personally, I've been doing more video calls than ever, and I've been connecting with clients more than ever because I don't have to travel. So folks, I just have to say that if it weren't for COVID-19, I would not have used video conferencing as the tool that I currently use it as. It has saved time, and it's allowed me to continue to connect with people without having to go out in traffic. And as you know, Atlanta, Georgia has a very bad traffic problem. It's so easy for us to think about all the things that COVID-19 took away from us. But when I hear so many people say, you know, I was home for dinner each and every night, I connected with my family, I reconnected with people that I haven't spoken to in a while, and then my story with we've connected with all of our customers in a way that we've always wanted to do, but because of this incident, we've been able to do it. Folks, take a moment, think of all the positive things that have come out of the pandemic, and I think we can all learn from that and carry that forward. And if you look at it, we are stronger for the ride. This podcast, Scaling Up H2O and the Rising Tide Mastermind held weekly webinars so we could stay current on all the COVID-19 topics. I know I learned a whole bunch during that time. I received a whole bunch of questions from people that either got answered from the webinar or they wanted me to reach out and get those questions answered by a particular speaker. So I want to thank everybody that helped me out with that. 
If you have not seen some of the webinars, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash webinar, and all of those webinars are listed on that page. You can also go to the Scaling Up H2O webpage and just go on resources, and you can see we have a special COVID-19 button there that you can press. During all the stay-at-home orders, I heard that so many people were getting caught up on their documentation. I've heard of people implementing and updating their CRMs. And I bet there's some listener out there that is saying, what the heck is a CRM? Well, CRM is a customer resource management tool. The bottom line is it is a tool that allows you to take advantage of all the work you've already done and all the data you've already collected and then use that in a way that makes you more profitable, it makes you more efficient, and simply it makes your life easier. Folks, when we can take the data we already have, we can learn what we're doing and that allows us to do it better. And a CRM is a tool that allows us to do all of those things. But I know for a fact, because I'm included, there's just so much information about CRMs where do we get started? And if we have a CRM, sometimes we feel like we're so far behind on getting the information into the CRM, we never even start. Well, today we're going to be talking to CRM expert Riza Gooding. Riza is going to help us understand the importance of a CRM, but she's also going to give us some tips to help us overcome the hurdles that we are all experiencing if we are thinking about or if we are currently implementing a CRM system. So Scaling Up Nation, if you will, please help me welcome Risa Gooding. My lab partner today is Risa Gooding of Cacao Media. Risa, how are you today? I am fine, Trace. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited about our interview. I have so many questions about what it is that you do and how you can help all of us that need help with what it is that you do. But before we get into that, you have got such an interesting story and uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk all about CRM and, and how you help companies with that. But so the Scaling Up Nation can get to know you a little bit better. Do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? So sure. So I am originally from Trinidad and Tobago. It's a small little island in the Caribbean, but I now live in Israel. So 12 years ago, I moved to Israel and I really fell into this whole concept of marketing while in Israel, you know, because when I came to Israel, I did not know Hebrew and I was thinking, how can I get a job? I first began teaching and then realized kids and I are not friends, so I should get a laptop where I don't have to interact with people. And then I eventually got a job in marketing because of my native English. So I began doing marketing um, and then I fell into the whole digital marketing world. And today this is where I am. I'm doing digital marketing and CRM sales processes for startup companies and traditional companies as well. Well, most of our listeners are water treaters, and you've actually had some experience in that industry. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was so crazy that, you know, right after I graduated from university, 
my first job back in Trinidad was actually working for the water company. Now, we never really appreciate what it takes to get water to our taps. And while working there, my job was mainly to actually go into different rural areas and areas that had water problems to help see how we can improve the efficiency of them getting water or just even installing water pipelines in those areas for them. But what was shocking for me, I remembered so clearly, was in one of our research reports, because I was like a research analyst in that position, one of my reports I discovered that 50% of the water that we are pumping from the dams to the different homes are actually lost on the way because there are so many um, holes and defaults in the pipeline systems that get the waters to, water to the homes. So this, I was like, no way. And there were so many places, so many houses that did not have water. 50% of it was just being thrown away. Wow. So what do you do about that? So this is the, this was like really crazy because I thought, first of all, I must say, I thought this problem was unique to us. And I kept, you know, thinking about it all the time. Even up to today, I was just before I was getting ready for this podcast, I saw a Netflix interview um, that was actually talking about other countries who suffer from the same problem, especially in Latin America in these places, because these systems are so old and they don't really take time to change them. So I remember back then what the company was trying to do was replace the pipelines. and But the infrastructure was very complicated to, to replace. It's not something that, you know, they seemingly had the know-how or the technology to really do. So they would start a project and they would do different parts, but it was difficult to really complete the entire process within a specific period of time. So I think the problem still exists. You know, they can't really solve it even in a couple of years. I've been gone 12 years. I don't think it's been solved yet. So I think they just managed to minimize or decrease the amount of water that's being lost. But it is always going to be a problem because the systems are very difficult to replace. And we have that problem over here in the States as well. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm not sure how much loss we have in our water systems, but I know for a fact that we have one of the oldest sewer infrastructures around and it has not been upgraded as it should have been. And there are issues all the time with that. And to try to offset that, sewer prices are going up almost each and every billing cycle. So, um, you know, making sure the infrastructure is doing what it needs to do is a problem. No matter where you are, I think everybody's dealing with. Yeah, because even in my city here in Israel, I see they have a serious sewage problem every couple of days some sewage erupts because this is Israel, right? They are now thousands of years old. So they, their system, I realize, do also does have a lot of issues. But, you know, it's not something you really hear about. Israel's water problem is mostly for, because we have such a long dry season and the primary source of water for us is from the Lake of Galilee. They do actually, you know, pursue and kind of request that people are very conservative with the water usage, you know to take shorter baths, don't, don't water your gardens and things like that. Right. It's everybody's responsibility to take care of such a valuable resources as water, no matter where you are. As I was reading up on your biography, I found something very interesting that you went to Israel for a two-week vacation. And so far, that two weeks has lasted 12 years. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so I had a friend who was... Um, living in Israel, and I came to visit. 
But I just thought I would check it out and see how it goes and go home. But something about the place, something about the country really stuck with me. And I remembered seeing a job advertised with the international school here. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I stay a little longer and just get this job and see how it goes. But one thing led to the next. I got the job. I got, I was excited by it. I was doing well in it. And then I got another job and I got another job. And that's how I stayed because each time I was like doing more and more amazing things. And, you know, Israel, I always say, gives me the platform to really leverage my abilities in ways that I could not even imagine. Because, you know, Trinidad is very Caribbean-like. So what do you do? You know, you basically don't have as many options as Israel will because Israel is also very much into the startup world. So the exciting things I get to do with with different startups and seeing how they are really pushing their boundaries and recreating different things, it's like having the front seat row in a basketball game, basically. It's like you get to see every tactic, every play, and be... You, you can't be better, not be better if you have such access. So this is what I'm enjoying really being here, having the access and really leveraging my professional skills. Well, I think the whole Scaling Up Nation is going to enjoy the access that we have to you because you are a CRM master. So what I would like to do is explain to the Scaling Up Nation what a CRM is and what are some things that we need to consider if we've never even heard of a CRM before? Yes, and that's a very good question because this is my mission. I have decided that 2020 is my mission to educate, especially traditional companies, like companies who have been existing more than 20, 30, 50 years and still operate on Excel sheets, okay? I cannot tell you how many companies I go into and they're like, so why do I need to change? I make... Um, billions of dollars or millions of dollars and it's okay I don't need a CRM I have an Excel it tells me what I need to know but first of all let's start from the beginning as you said so what is a CRM CRM stands for customer relationship management so it's a platform that really allows you to manage your relationships with prospects and leads and customers and how do you manage your relationships with them is by making sure you have updated information about them so you can have, for example, personal information in like their first names, their last names, their email addresses, um, their countries that they come from, any kind of information you need to capture about that prospect. But you also want to understand how are they interacting with your online activities, for example. So you want to actually track as well some of that information in terms of the attributes and the activities. So the CRM will show you all of these things. It can show you how the people come to your website what pages they look they look at. You know, it can also show you um, different information of what stage they are in your buying cycle, if they're not yet your customer, how your sales reps are interacting with them, how many calls they're making, uh, how many emails they're sending, when last were they contacted. So it really, really allows you to have a full 360-degree view of your sales processes and how your customers are um, interacting with your business. But what's more important is why do you need a CRM and not just use Excel? So my biggest takeaway and my biggest advice to such companies who say this to me is two things. First of all, you're working too hard because anybody who's using Excel to run their business have to be on top of that Excel, which means they are actually calling their sales reps every night to find out what they did do because it's not being automatically updated this Excel. So they have to spend time actually filling out the Excel every time they do some activities. 
which is taking away the time they could be selling and instead of doing administrative work. So you want your sales teams to be much more efficient and a CRM helps you do that instead of having them spend time updating Excel. Secondly, as a manager, you too are spending too much time having these calls and meetings with your sales rep instead of just looking at a dashboard in your convenient time and seeing what has been done for the day or the week or the month. So you don't need to call your sales rep and, and take away his time again from actually selling to ask him, so did you talk to that customer last week? What happened to that prospect we met at the conference? Where are you at with this deal that we spoke about last week? You can see all of that information in a platform. Now, one of the biggest and I think the most important things that I do see at the very end that I think really get them to think is the fact that today, this millennial generation will not stay in your job for more than 1.5, especially salespeople. They don't stay in your job for more than 1.5 years. So what does that mean? Each time you have a, a churn on your salespeople, it means they're taking away information with them. So if they did not update that Excel, if they did not like really find a way to transfer the information to you before they leave, then they take away a chunk of your business with them. So you don't want these things to be happening and you want to have full control. You want to have full visibility. So these are the three main takeaway points I really use to advise companies why they should invest in a CRM system today and not just depend on Excel. When we talk about CRM, I know there's still some confusion out there in the Scale It Up Nation. We brought it up a couple of weeks ago when we spoke with Eric Russo, a certified water technologist. That was episode 111. But so many people have called in and they wanted to know exactly how can a CRM work for their water treatment business? So many people are in the baby boomer generation and they're just used to keeping those things in their heads. And then we have millennials that are coming in that are used to using different apps. So now we've got different formats that each set is using. How does a CRM easily bring that together? And more importantly, how do we make sure that both sides are using it? Yeah, so adoption for sure is one of the um, biggest issues. And again, adoption really stems from the fact that if people don't understand how to use it, then they will not use it. So you have to actually think about how it is you're going to implement a CRM in your business even before you purchase it. I have the same thing with even regular startup companies that they decide to buy a CRM, but they haven't thought of the process of implementing it within the company. So it sits there for a couple of months before anybody touches it, and then they would call me to come in and help train them and set it up. So as a water treatment company, I would definitely say, first of all, again, Having the CRM as a platform or as an app is working interchangeably. So you can download it as an app. So you have it on your phone and everything that it works. So the millennials can update it like that. And you could also have it as a platform that it operates from a browser. So the baby boomers who could feel more comfortable working like that can use it like that. Again, what you want out of the CRM is, a, is one collective platform or one collective solution that is collecting all the data about leads, prospects, customers, and salespeople activity. Right now, I am sure no one has that one system that is giving them all of that information. So when you don't have a CRM in place, these are the disjointed um, views you have because you cannot see your business in a um, total 360 degree. So this is the main reason you want to get a CRM in your business. 
let's look at the sales process. So if we were to find a new prospect and then we sent them either mailings or emails, and then finally we got an appointment with them, and then that appointment led to a survey, that survey led to a proposal, that proposal led to maybe a couple more meetings, and then finally a sale. What will a CRM do for us in that process? So a couple of things. First of all, all of those stages, the CRM will help you manage it more effectively. So without a CRM, how will you actually report this information? Either you have to have it in the Excel where somebody is updating it, or you have these weekly, monthly meetings where you give these statuses by emails, or you have some reports that you're running to do it. So it's not in a system that is more technologically advanced that allows you to first sort these things in a very easy way and include it in a very easy way. So CRM will just allow you, first of all, because you would have what is called a pipeline set up with those different stages. And then you can just drag and drop the prospect from those different stages. So from the time you have a meeting book to the time he, he signs a contract or he got he receives a contract, all you do is you just drag the um, information of the prospect from one block to the next and it updates the status of the prospect. So you don't have to write anything. You don't have to tell anyone anything. It happens. Now, again, one of the biggest advantages is the automation the CRM will offer. So, for example, your manager or your boss might ask you each time you close a deal, he wants to know. So each time that happens or each time you book a meeting, he wants to know, you would have to send him an email saying that. Instead, a CRM will set up notifications that each time that status changes to a meeting or to um, a deal that's being closed, it will send an automatic notification to your management team so they know that this deal was just closed by you. So they don't have to wait for it. Everything happens in real time. So this kind of relays the pressure off of the salespeople as well to deliver news because the bosses and they can get it in real time. So these, I think, are the two main advantages. It really helps because, again, it gives the management team visibility that they didn't really have and they don't have to wait for a sales rep to update them. They can go to the system and see these things themselves. And one more thing I would like to say is that when you're sending emails, especially, this is one of the biggest problems, emails and phone calls. When sales reps actually make emails, do send emails or make phone calls, again, they have to summarize the interaction because nobody has the visibility of what emails they sent unless they access the inbox. But with the CRM, you can connect your inbox to the CRM and every email you send to a prospect is actually logged under that prospect's name. So you can go now into that CRM, look at the prospect and see all the interaction a salesperson or anyone had with that prospect, which again, saves you this pain of losing that information if the sales rep left. Or more importantly, it gives you an idea of what kind of interaction your sales reps are having with your prospect. Well, you know, I'm listening to that, and I know for a fact that we have people out there in the Scaling Up Nation listening, thinking, oh my gosh, I have to implement this CRM, I have to train people, I have to get them behind it so they actually use it, and they're thinking that this is going to be a massive headache. But what you described is now we've got an automated system that is user-friendly, that allows people to use it more quickly, meaning they are going to use Use it, and we don't have to rely on updating spreadsheets, which probably, as you mentioned, half the people aren't updating them as they should. So my hope is 
that people out there that were thinking that this was going to be a big headache, they can see that this is actually going to simplify their people's lives and simplify their businesses. But I know there's always some issues in implementation. Can you walk us through what we need to be considering if we said, you know what, Risa, you've convinced us we need to reach out to a consultant to help us or we just need to get a CRM. What are some things that we need to be considering to start that in our company? Yes, for sure. So again, one part I would always say that customers and companies have to think about before implementing a CRM is first thing, look at your current database. Understand what your current database looks like. Understand the information you want to have collected in your CRM. Because really, this is the biggest pain point of companies when implementing a CRM. They don't have any organized format of that database. So even if they were holding it in Excel, a lot of the times they don't even know if an email address is valid in that Excel. They don't know if the person has moved on to another job or if the person just is, you know, doesn't exist anymore. So the CRM will also help you clean up some of that but you do have to spend time to make sure that some of the leads and some of the contacts you're entering is relevant. But the most painful point I believe for clients in my experience is having the team adopt the CRM. Like, how do I make sure that these guys use it after I spend money and spend time to bring in an expert like myself to actually set up things? So part of my job is always starting from understanding how they work today and just setting up some quick wins for them that don't hurt them and don't require anything from them. So when I go into a company and I get the friction from the sales teams, I usually start with two things. I just say, okay, just let me connect your inbox to the CRM. All you have to do is know that your emails will be logged into the CRM. That's it. And two, let me also um, give you a meeting calendar link, for example. So when you want to book a meeting with a prospect, You don't have to go in the back and forth and send up to seven emails trying to figure out when it's convenient. Here you have a meeting link. You can just click on it, see your availability, and choose a time that's convenient for you. So I may start off with something that simple for them. Let them see how it works, how are they interacting it. And these two things are so automatic that they don't have to do anything but continue working the way they usually do. And it takes me five minutes to set that up. And what will happen is in the back end, Everything is being up- updated accordingly. So any interaction that salesperson is having with the contact is in, updated in CRM. Any meetings that he's booking is updated in CRM. So we can start there and then he can see that the, his time and his meetings are becoming more efficient because he has reduced two things, having to report on what's happening and also having to book meetings with clients. So again, my, my tip will be just to find quick wins that will take nothing out of the salespeople to do, but it will take like five minutes of setup and they can continue working as they are. And then gradually, you can upgrade them and show them other things as they begin to understand the value of the system. You can definitely see where this is going to save a lot of time. And in my own company, I know we're not updating the things that we need to update, which means we don't have the metrics that we need to properly help our salespeople. So tell us a little bit about the metrics that we can pull from a CRM. Yeah, for sure. Think about how you should actually start your sales process. Most times, your salespeople should have an idea of who is their ideal customer, right? So 
they should not just be shooting in the dark trying to figure out who they want to talk to, but they do have an idea of the exact prospects they're going after or the exact types of companies they want to go after. So the first thing a CRM is doing for you automatically is collecting that information about contacts who visit your site. So for example, a platform like HubSpot, which is something I'm very familiar with because it's a platform I use mostly, they have a proprietary database of over 20 million companies, which means that anytime someone hits your website, they can automatically tell you which country they came from, which company they came from, and what pages they visited on your site. And that's without anybody entering any information because you have a cookies policy on somebody's browser. So once they accept the cookies, you're able to track this information for, about them. So a salesperson now is trying to prospect, let's say he's trying to prospect Coca-Cola. He can't get anybody in Coca-Cola for a while, for example, but Coca-Cola has a unique IP address. So if somebody from Coca-Cola comes into your system or just goes to your website without downloading anything or entering any form, you, your sales rep will get notified that, hey, somebody's in Coca-Cola is on your site. And then they can go on LinkedIn or something and try to figure out who will be the most relevant person that they can reach out to to figure out who it was. Now, because of GDPR, HubSpot or any platform cannot give you more information than that. So they don't give you the person's name and they can't give you the person's email or anything like that because it's private information. So that's one thing. Now, once you have such data, now your reports are becoming richer. So you're able now to, you know, set up reports, for example, to see which countries or which states are being more active for you on your website. So you can see where your sales rep should spend more time. It can also show you how to actually separate active buyers from passive buyers. You know, those people who are just always shopping around, we call them window shoppers. They don't intend to buy anything, but they're always on your site. So these are one type of buyers who can make you think that they're ready to buy. But then you have those who will be actually downloading stuff, interacting with you. So they are more active in the process. So your salespeople are able to get better um, information and better reports that says, hey, these groups of people are high priority. So focus on contacting them because they're active buyers. But these group of people, they don't really come from the relevant company or the relevant country, or they don't seem to have the budget to go to buy your product right now. So you can put them in a nurture list in case one of them bites, but you don't have to focus your attention on them. Because remember, at the end of the day, you want your salespeople to be focused on closing deals. So they, they too also want to go after only those contacts that are highly relevant and highly um, convertible. So they don't want to waste time with somebody who's just shopping around. So the reports you can get will actually help them to be more efficient. And as a manager, the reports you may want to see is how productive your team is being how many calls they made a day, how many emails they sent, how many contacts they have been in contact with, you know, when was the last time they contacted someone. So these are all the types of reports you can get out of a CRM without even talking to your salespeople. I know we talk about on this show that when you track something, it simply just gets better because you're looking at it. And that's the great thing about a CRM is that it can pull all of these numbers without you having to do it manually, just based on the workflow that you have set up. Exactly. Exactly. So most CRMs have automatic reports that are already set up there for you. So once you interact with the CRM, keep it updated, the reports will be generated for itself and it will even email you the report every week or every month if you wanted to. 
So you really have less work to do. All your job is supposed to be doing is to spend more time analyzing the data so you can understand what to do better, how to be more efficient. This is supposed to be the jobs of the teams today, not spending time actually doing the work and generating these reports. What are some of the options out there when we're talking about CRMs? Uh, there are many today. Actually, you know, I was just doing a workshop today and telling a class that, you know, there are 7,000 platforms out there today for marketing and sales. So people can get lost in what technology is. But I'll talk about the big four that exist, which are Salesforce. Most people know Salesforce. And I'll give you a bit of inside information because, again, I, I see a lots of companies run into the problems of investing in, the, in a CRM because they spoke to a very good sales rep without understanding what they're getting into. So I want to spend some time actually helping your audience to understand how do they actually choose a good CRM, okay? So the big four you have are Salesforce, HubSpot, Soho, and Infusionsoft. You do have Microsoft Dynamics as well, which is okay, but this is a very customized platform, so most companies wouldn't use it just like that. So the plug-in player is Salesforce, HubSpot, Zoho, and Infusionsoft. Now, Salesforce is most popular because it's an American company. And I mean, HubSpot and all of them are American companies, but Salesforce was the first really. So they came into the market first, and they really have a big standing market share. But Salesforce is a very highly customizable platform and a very expensive platform. So... Today, most companies don't even understand, especially when they're startups, they don't understand their sales process yet. They don't understand what direction they want to go to. So when they spend $25,000 a year on a platform and it just sits there, it becomes painful because you cannot spend that level of money and not know what you're getting into or what you need to do. So Salesforce is really good for companies who have a very solid process that they have locked down. And now it's also highly customizable. So if it is that, you know, companies that have channel partners all over the world or they have manufacturing facilities and they need this complicated sales process, fine. Salesforce can be justified for the ROI. But most companies don't need something that complicated. And you have HubSpot, which gives you a free CRM. Again, I want to repeat, it's a free CRM for up to 1 million contacts. So HubSpot is trying for you to understand to how to build your sales processes and gives you the opportunity of not making the mistake of paying for something and never using it. So it's free. You can right now open an account, just go to HubSpot.com, free CRM, Google it, open an account and upload your contacts from Excel today. Play around with the processes you see there. Um, see how you want to set up different sales processes in it and see if it works for you. And if it works for you, then you can upgrade to the other features, which are the marketing features in HubSpot more. So you can then do better lead generation campaigns or any kind of outreach you need to do with your database. So that's the upsell in HubSpot. So they give you the CRM free, but the marketing features are what you pay for. And then you have Zoho, which is also like for mid-sized mid companies. It's also a bit complicated. It's not as simple as HubSpot, but it's not as complicated as Salesforce. But it's and also not as expensive, but it's not free. I think it costs almost like five or ten thousand dollars a year. But still, if you don't have a process in place, there's no need to invest in something like this yet, unless you really feel you need it. And then you have Infusionsoft. Now, Infusionsoft 
is mostly for small businesses. It really works good, especially for, let's say you have like lawyers and consultancy firms and dentists and solopreneurs. These types of people can benefit because of the cost point. So Infusion Software costs you around $200 to $400 a month, which is like $1,400 a year. So again, it's not too expensive, but it allows you to manage your leads as well as do some marketing as well in it. So these are the four platforms and these are the considerations you need to think of. If you know you don't have a sales process in place yet or you want to change things every six months, every two months, then try the free versions first before you invest in anything that requires your commitment. I know you've worked with a lot of companies that had nothing that they were tracking. They were just doing things as they occurred. And then you created processes for them and you put all those processes in the CRM. What are some differences that those companies are now experiencing? Yeah, for sure. So one of the main things they would always see immediately is the upturn in time that they see as people actually spend actually doing their work of selling, you know? Because before, this was always their frustration. They demand so much of the salespeople, always pulling them into a meeting, always wanting to know updates, and then upset when they don't meet their targets. So this was one thing that they immediately saw a big difference in, that the salespeople were able to spend more time selling and not doing administrative work. So this is one. The second thing was even improving their um, customer relationships. Because again, today, buyers are very empowered. They don't like cold calling. They don't like cold outreach. So to have a better process of outreaching to your customers and being very personalized in that outreach, the CRM and our processes really help them do that. Because now we can set up ways, like for example, I would set up sales email templates for them in the CRM that they can pull and plug and play into their emails when interacting with the customer. So this helps them actually you know, not make mistakes and have a very also unified um, language about their brand and about the company. Because again, you know what usually happens is that you may say that your company does X, Y, Z, but by the time the salespeople speak to a couple of people, they're saying your company does A, B, and C. So, you know, having these disjointed messages online confuses prospects. So having one template and having certain things set up for them that they just use as plug and play having playbooks for them, having presentations set up for them that they just grab and attach to an email, but also having them, giving them more insights. So one of the things that the salespeople always appreciate is that they can actually see how prospects are interacting with them better. So they see when a prospect opens an email, they see when a prospect clicks on a link in the email they just sent. So now they know it's an opportune time to pick up the phone and call them. But of course, they don't get freaky and say, hey, I just saw you open my email. Don't do things like that, right? Because most people don't even know. <laughs> exactly. Most people don't know this kind of tracking exists on them. So you just pretend you don't know. You're just calling out of coincidence. But again, they were able to close more days because of these more personalized interactions. We've been talking mostly about sales, but we have a lot of sales and service companies in our industry. How do you use a CRM for service? Right. So... Most CRMs don't allow you to use it for service because service is more like what Zendesk is offering with the ticketing kind of um, process. But HubSpot, because they understand you want to manage everything, they do have a service hub within their CRM. So HubSpot is the only platform that allows you to do everything in one. So you can do your marketing, you can do your sales, and you can do your service 
in HubSpot. So the service hub operates similar to Zendesk, where you basically people can you know open a ticket if they have a question or a problem with your product or service, and your customer service team can follow up and everything. Now, why it is I like really how HubSpot has set it up because again it's not disjointed, right? The service people are often not involved in the process of the marketing or the sales. But when they do get a ticket, it might be helpful for them to understand, first of all, how did this prospect find us? What time marketing activity did they do? And how was the sales experience for them? So now they can understand how to have a more informed kind of approach to providing that service. Now, if you're using another system, you don't always have all of that information available to you. So you're sometimes just looking at the problem and attacking the problem and just trying to solve the problem. But understanding the whole um, basis of this customer's journey gives the service people a bit more empathy or a bit more understanding of how to deal with this particular customer. Because again, the goal of anything we do today is sales or marketing or service is to give a very personalized and human approach, okay? So we shouldn't be talking like robots. We shouldn't be talking just because like when you call a bank and somebody in a foreign country answers you, you don't want that disjointed service because you've interacted with that business from the beginning to end. So why now when you try to give service, you hand it off to somebody who has no understanding of this customer? So this is one of the good things about HubSpot adding Service Hub to their CRM platforms. You've integrated so many companies into CRMs. I'm sure there's reoccurring themes on hangups that customers have that you've been able to work them through. What are some of the biggest hurdles that you've seen that reoccur in your clients? Oh, so many. Where do we begin, Trace? Yo. <laughs> and do remember, I work in Israel, so I get even more pushback, okay? They buy nothing without 10,000 questions. So even HubSpot has a special service for them, even in interacting in this market. It, it, it's not the easiest market to get anything sold to. But usually when I get into a customer's um, project, most of the times their concerns are, first of all, how will my team adopt it? Like, will they really use it? Second is always the price. And third is always like, so who's going to manage it? And this is something that I want to focus on the third point mostly because this is something you have to understand that you need to invest in when you invest in any technology platform like this. You do need a dedicated person who will manage those platforms. So you need to have preparation for either hiring someone in-house or working with someone like an agency or even a part-time person who would manage it. Because the CRM is based on having proper and accurate data in it. The minute you do not maintain that database in the CRM by cleaning up for junk leads or you know making sure the information is updated as it should, or if the emails are bouncing, taking them out of the list. If you don't do those levels of maintenance, then you would have what we call a cobweb kind of CRM, where it's just, again, collecting dust and collecting bad data. So it could never really give you the information you are seeking. So you definitely always need to make sure that you invest in that person. Now, some companies still give a lot of pushback about that. They often try to give it to an existing employee who has no understanding. And this, again, is a wrong move. You have to find someone who has some level of sales experience. And the role is usually called sales operations. 
So you have to have someone who has a quality of being salesy, but also technology advanced as well. Because if they're afraid to touch a platform, then that's a problem as well. So you need somebody who's tech savvy, but somebody who understands sales processes and things like that. What's the one thing you want to make sure that the members of the Scaling Up Nation get from this interview? Well, I would say, first of all, I told you I'm on a mission. I feel like an evangelist going around the world converting people because my goal is by 2025, nobody's using Excel as a CRM. Okay. (laughs) So I am trying my best to figure out how do I get more companies using any technology, but not Excel. Because again, you have the problems of not being able to maintain that data. So if you are a business who has not yet considered investing in a CRM, my biggest takeaway to you today is to go and try HubSpot free CRM first. Import the data from your Excel into HubSpot. It's very easy. Just a click of a button, go to contacts, go to import, upload the Excel into HubSpot. Even if it has errors, HubSpot will tell you how to format the data. So it's not going to be confusing. And just start playing with that data and seeing how it gives you more information that's useful to you, how you can sort the data as you want, segment your database as you want. So you don't have to spend all of this time, you know, um, figuring out how to maneuver in Excel. And also you can share it with other people in your team. And most importantly, another big difference with a CRM and Excel is that with an Excel, you cannot limit access, right? You only have a couple options, basically. Either view, edit, if you share on Google Sheets or something. So you can't give people just to see segments of the data. So when you're dealing with different salespersons, for example, maybe you don't want the salesperson responsible for North America seeing the contacts in UK because the UK salesperson is dealing with that. So with a CRM, you can, you know, have those levels of access for different people, you know, making sure that, you know, they see what they need to see only. And they're updating what they need to update only, most importantly. So do take, do try it. Do check it out. If you have questions or you want to be in touch with me to ask questions, feel free. But do take the chance to really download the CRM free from HubSpot and check it out today and how it can work for your business. We will definitely put all of your contact information on our show notes page. And Risa, I want to thank you because I know for a fact that people in the Scaling Up Nation are scared of the process of even thinking about starting a CRM. And one of the number one things that they're scared of is they're expensive. But you not only took that hurdle away, you gave us a list of items that we could start working on so we can try it for ourselves. So thank you so much for that. And I just want to let you know that uh, we've helped a lot of people today, but I'm not done with you yet. I have a few lightning round questions for you if you (laughs) are game. Sure, let's do it. All right. So now you have the ability to go back in time and talk to yourself on the very first day when you started working with other companies and implementing their CRMs with them. What advice would you give yourself on your very first day when you started? Oh my God, this is just so crazy. I was just thinking about that the other day. The first thing is that I learned that I would say to myself is basically leave your ego by the door, really. Because sometimes, you know, I'm very passionate about what I do. I spend tons of time reading what I do. So I often start off 
I, I back then I started off with the assumption that people were on the same page as me and they knew what they wanted. People don't know what they want. They have no clue what they want. So it, I have to always go into meetings today with a very clear head, with no expectations and be willing to start from ground zero so I can help them really get the best answers and the best scenario out of this meeting with me. Risa, I know we have a lot of curious people out there about CRM, and you are the person to talk to when it comes to CRM. So what are some good books that you would recommend that people can read on the CRM topic? Well, first of all, I don't like paying for anything, right? So I'm trying to give you all free tools first. So the free tools are simply go to HubSpot. They have lots of videos. They have what is called an academy training. So they give you lots of videos first and lots of, they have a very, very good, one of the number one marketing and sales blogs out there that can tell you any question you have about CRM, they will answer it first. So just go to their resources and look at what they have free first before you choose to invest in anything paid. If you do want to look at paid stuff though, there, is, there are many books that are written again uh, on people called Inbound Sales. It's also by one of the HubSpot um, writers, I forgot. But also, I'm writing a book soon, so I would be writing a book that would be launched in June next year about how to use CRMs for all types of businesses and what to look out for. So when that comes out, I will definitely share it with you, you as well. But these are the resources you should look. If you Google stuff, there's lots of information there. There aren't very many books that talk about it, mainly because these things change so quickly. So... People don't want to invest the time of writing a book and then two months down the road, it changes totally. So you should follow blogs. So anything by HubSpot, anything by even Salesforce, because they do have a very good CRM. So they have good content as well. You can look out and read whatever they share. Great resources. Risa, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but Hollywood listens to Scaling Up H2O all the time to find out what their next movies are going to be. So when they hear this interview <laughs> and they start writing the script, who plays Risa? You know, I thought of this question. I'm thinking, who would I want to play me? Now, I love Oprah Winfrey. So I'm thinking, because she, I, I, I often think that she has a very similar life. Oh, I have a similar life to how she struggled in building her stuff because we both operate in two different worlds sometimes. But I think the actress that I would really want playing me is Gabrielle Union. Well, there you go. Maybe she'll be available for the part. <laughs> oh, wow. This interview has gone by so quickly. I just have one question for you left. So this is the final lightning round question. You now have the ability to speak with anybody throughout history. Who would it be with and why? Oh, for sure, Oprah Winfrey. I, I, I'm dying to have a conversation with her to understand how she really built herself and you know, really built her empire, but built herself personally as a black woman in a world that didn't really accept her for who she was, you know, because sometimes I do go through certain struggles like that. And I figure out, you know, how does she manage all of this? So I do call it my Oprah Winfrey when I actually have to go into difficult situations. <laughs> Your inner Oprah. Exactly. My inner Oprah has to come out. <laughs> Well, uh, she actually does a lot of work with Tyler Perry, whose studios are based here in Atlanta. So when you two are working on your movies, perhaps we can we can meet for lunch. 
Exactly. I love your vision. <laughs> well, Risa, thank you so much for coming on Scaling Up H2O and educating the nation about CRM. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this interview and I'm hoping that it was beneficial to your audience. Risa, thanks again for coming on the show. I know there are a lot of people out there that are really excited to try the free HubSpot that you mentioned. And you really can't take away any bigger hurdle than monetary. And you did that. So now we can get started and just see what a CRM does if we don't have one already. Now, Reese is going to be hosting a special question and answer session for the Rising Tide Mastermind members in a few weeks. So they're going to be able to ask their personal questions to her. And I think she's even going to do some screen sharing where she's going to show us some tips and tricks on how to make sure we're utilizing this CRM to the best of their abilities. Now, if you're interested in joining the Rising Tide Mastermind, you can go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to find out more. And again, I love it that Riza took off the table monetary hurdles where we can use HubSpot for free. And folks, it really is absolutely free. Now, they do charge for some of their more advanced features, but it's such a good way to get started. We've created an affiliate partnership with HubSpot. So if you go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash HubSpot, you can still get their free service, but the podcast gets credit for it. And if you do activate some of their features, HubSpot will send us a small commission on that purchase, not costing you anything extra at all. We've started using HubSpot here, and it really is super easy. We also have an affiliate agreement with Zoho. That's a very popular one as well. So if you go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash Zoho, Z-O-H-O, you can get their free version as well or upgrade to something with more bells and whistles. We have the same relationship as I just mentioned with HubSpot with Zoho. A couple of years ago, we spent a good amount of money on a CRM package, and then we paid a programmer to come and customize it for us. It was very overcomplicated, and we couldn't get anybody to commit to it because it was so complicated. That was money that was not well spent. We started using HubSpot, and people started using it because it was simple. So if you don't have anything in place, HubSpot and Zoho are great ones that you can start to get comfortable with a CRM system. And then if you always want to upgrade to something else, those programs themselves, HubSpot and Zoho, have things you can upgrade to right within their platforms. But if you want to transfer that data to another program, normally there are ways to do that as well. I can't tell you how much more efficient we are because we've automated those tasks and we don't have to do certain tasks in each and every time. An example of that is when we get an email for a request for something with a customer, we've set up a system 
So once we put something in process, it does four or five things like notifying the service department, maybe assigning something in inventory. We don't have to do those things. The service is doing them and it's giving us more time to do the things that we have to do. The other cool thing is you get metrics off of what you do. Using your own data, you can see how things are going. And when you decide to change something, you can look again at that data and see what the metrics are telling you. CRMs are great tools, but they can be intimidating. So it's my hope that after today's show, you see that there's absolutely no reason for you not to start using your data so you can be more efficient and you can be more profitable. Nation, next week, my friend Mark Lewis is coming on Scaling Up H2O. Yes, one more time. Actually, this is a continuation of the time where he busted into my office and just decided to start recording. If you haven't heard that episode, that was episode 112. And Mark arranged for somebody that I work with to come into the office, set up my equipment, and he just interviewed me. When we were finished with him interviewing me, I then interviewed Mark because Mark talked to the Association of Water Technologies earlier that year about what to do with neglected accounts. Now, neglected accounts could be an account that your company gave you that nobody's done a lot with. It could be neglected because the customer is not doing what you're asking them to do. There are all sorts of different definitions around neglected accounts, and Mark is going to help us figure out what we can do to raise the bar just a little bit on those accounts. So I look forward to talking with the Scaling Up Nation next week and bringing you Mark Lewis. So have a great week, folks.